I would love to see Paul's face when he was walking on water and then freaked out and started to sink. <laughs> that would be Peter, Peter, though. Yeah, Peter. You're talking oh, about Peter. Peter. Let me back up. I want to say that again. <laughs> I would love to see Peter's face when he walked on water and then started to sink. <laughs> no, no, you're thinking of Paul. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to For the Love of God podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! This ain't your mama's Christian podcast, sir. Indeed, indeed. I Hello. think you just offended my mother. <laughs> well, she... <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Jason Lawbreaker, host, and I'm here with your favorite co-host, Rick Rieger and Nathan Jewell. And we have a great show for you this week. Would You Rather is coming back. And your favorite Bible trivia, Songs of the Week. And we have a guest, Dorothy Odell, international best-selling author of the Overcomer Facing Challenges with Faith and Courage will be joining us later. And she'll be arriving on Zoom Airlines. Zoom Airlines. Where she hail from? I mean, where's she coming from? Oh, Canada. Canada. Ah, this is our Canadian friend. Yes. Maybe we should ask her All about right. what's going on up there with the church in Canada. That be, might be might put her on the spot a little bit. Mm. Hmm. What is going on up there with the church in Canada? You haven't heard about the government locking the... the the believers out of the church, throwing the pastor in the prison. No. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'll save that for next week's segment. Hmm. Well, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Please do tell. So essentially, what it is is uh, there's there's a pastor who refused to shut down his church to accommodate the COVID uh, scare tactics, and since he refused to shut it down, I don't I don't even think he put. I can't speak intelligently. I didn't prepare for this, but my under- you not speak intelligently. Well, I I, I like to prepare <laughs> before I speak, but the essentials of it is that he was told to stop preaching. He said no. They threw him in jail. He got out. He preached again. So this time they 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 walled up the church, and the government took it over as property of their own. Um, and the 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 people who were the believers they met outside the church and. You know, it's it's just very interesting. I haven't I haven't heard read the end of the story yet. So that is we'll very very interesting. You know, I, I mean, shouldn't it be? Uh, and I realized that uh, there was several governors and leaders that you know kind of gave pastors a hard time for wanting to keep going. But you know, shouldn't that kind of be up to us? I don't know. Hi. Well, it just clarifies what I mentioned in Sunday on Sunday. The whole COVID thing is just their excuse. To push the whole Luciferian movement. Okay, Rick, how was your week? Well, I gotta say, uh, I'm alive and breathing, and I think that's a good thing. And uh, you know, I, I, I think it's been pretty good. How about you, sir? I have good news. You have good news. I do. I got an email yesterday, or maybe the day before. Um. A gentleman interested in the position for dishwasher, and I said, "Well, great. Can you uh, can you stop by Tuesday?" He said, "I will. Let me know." 
I said, 12 o'clock. He said, I'll be there. And that's today. And he showed up. He was fantastic. Great attitude. Seems like he has got a strong work ethic. He showed up. <laughs> that's a that's a plus. Right. Unlike seven other people that I had lined up to come in. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to send you out here wondering if you got the job or not. You're hired. If you want it, it's yours. He was stoked. He said, man, you made my day. Nice. I said, you made my day. So you have a you have a dishwasher now. I have a dishwasher. Chef Jason has a dishwasher. <laughs> I want to do the <sighs> again, but it's just not going to work. So I got I'm going to have to find a way to get a larger crowd vo- sound here. Very nice. Yeah, very nice. Pretty excited about yeah, that. Yeah, I've been doing some uh, interviewing myself, and uh, I did find a couple of behavioral therapists for our autism center, uh, but we're still looking for uh, BCBAs. They're uh, behavior analysts, certified, licensed behavior analysts. I, you know, we just. Uh, Striking out right now. There's, I guess they've all got jobs. <laughs> so, but I do have an appointment tomorrow to meet with. Um, she's in the recruitment department at OSU, and she's going to try to help us recruit some, you know, people right out of school with their masters. So, pretty, pretty stoked about that myself. That's exciting. And you were on vacation. I was. I got to see my best friend down in North Carolina, and. Uh, Got to enjoy a really pretty drive down there. We actually saw a rainbow in the mountains of West Virginia on the way back, which was really pretty. I bet it was. And you, I uh, saw in your post on Facebook that you were in a, uh, what do they call this? Escape, escape room? rooms. Yeah, escape room. Yeah, we did two of them while we were down there. Oh. Yeah. I See, I've never done that. I always wanted to. What's an escape room? So basically the concept is... It's a role-playing activity where you go into a room, and sometimes they lock the door, sometimes they don't. Down in North Carolina, they got laws against locking people in rooms. You, who figured, right? Um, <laughs> so you lock, you know, you're locked in, you know, locked in in air quotes here, and you have to solve puzzles to figure out how to get out of the room. Uh, that was actually like, was that a movie? That sounds like a movie. Uh, I'm sure that there is. Well, if you're talking yeah, like some Saul. horror, <laughs> Saul. no, I think there was actually a movie called Escape Room. Now that I think about it, there might have been. There Maybe not. Have, I don't it, know. It's not a. There's a Panic Room. Yeah, that's a little different. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, different. I could be making this up. I, I don't know. I think you might be right. We just. I don't know. So, <laughs> so Aaron and I have done a handful of these. Rooms. Anybody know? They're a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it's time for Would You Rather. Would you rather? So very, very interesting um, topics this week. So the first one, would you rather live through famine or the 10 plagues of Egypt? Ooh, well. Do I get to be Jewish or do I have to be Egyptian? I suppose... You are whatever you, they were in these predicaments. Well, both were present. That's true. <laughs> if I get to pick my side, I'm a Jewish side. Uh, okay, it's just you, the Gentile. All right, me, the Gentile. Ooh. Um, famine. Famine. I'm going to say famine because if you actually read the story of Joseph in the Bible, um, he predicted Pharaoh's dream and uh, basically explained it to him. 
And in the dream, Pharaoh was told you're going to have seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And because Pharaoh had the good sense to listen to Joseph, who was the only person who could interpret his dream, the land of Egypt was actually very, very wealthy because they were the only ones who had food. Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's what brought Joseph's family back because they came back to get food. Which is interesting because it's also exactly what led to the Israelites becoming slaves in Egypt. So I would have to agree with you. I would say definitely uh, the famine, uh, the plagues just don't sound very fun, quite honestly. And certainly the death of the firstborn, that's going to be, yeah, we don't want that. No. So famine, you know, we can probably survive through. And especially if we're going through it, you know, during that time, Joseph actually helped uh, that entire region make it through that famine. So, very true. Yeah. Um, see, I was thinking, I don't like to be hungry, but. Um, well, that being said, I could afford to skip a few meals myself. <laughs> I throw that out there. <laughs> so, how do you feel about bloody water? I don't like bloody water. Massive amounts of frogs. I don't like, well, yeah. lice, flies. It would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was thinking uh, can I take shelter? Can I hide from the flies and the locust? Well, if you look at the the technology back then, they didn't really necessarily have the houses as buttoned up as they can be today. So I I, I would think no. Yeah, it, they, it seemed to me as if there was just no escape during that time. Just no escape. Well... I guess famine it is. <laughs> famine it is. And, and in you're seven years, up. I'm going to hit a McDonald's right away. All right, so the next one. Would you rather watch Jesus heal a blind man or watch Jesus walk on water? I would rather see him heal a blind man because I'd love to see somebody restored. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, seeing Jesus, I think just in general would be good, uh, even if he's just doing nothing. But uh, yeah, if you're going to go between the two, even though both are miraculous, certainly anytime a person's life has changed, that's, you know, that's pretty awesome. And not only do you get to see the miracle, but you get to see the reaction to the miracle. Yeah. Like think of some of those videos you can see on Facebook of the guys putting on um, the color glasses for the first time where they're, they've, they've been colorblind their entire life and now they right. see color and you get to see that reaction. That, that would be really powerful in real life to see that happen, particularly in a situation where somebody's blind and can now see. Right. Oh, and you know, and now because I like rabbit trails, I, I have to tell you, I was watching a little video the other day that my daughter showed me of these little kids. I mean, literally, you know, babies, toddlers, who were given glasses for the first time. Oh, oh, I think I've seen that. Oh, one. and they're like, their faces just light up. It's like, whoa, mom. So that's what you look like. <laughs> there was one of them where the, where the kid was like, I, I don't want these glasses. And when he looked up, he's like, he took his hands off like, this is different. I, I, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and they just, they just kind of freeze. It's like, oh, wow. You just opened up a whole world to him. So, yeah, absolutely blind. Blind healed would be awesome. Yeah. It would be cool to see him walk on the water. But I agree with the blind. Um, 
What would be really cool <laughs> is seeing him surf. I want to that. see. <laughs> that, board. that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> well, we don't know that it didn't happen. It, there's just no record of it. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, I would love to see Paul's face when he was walking on water and then freaked out and started to sink. <laughs> that would be Peter, Peter, though. Yeah, Peter. You're talking oh, about Peter. Peter. Let me back up. I want to say that again. <laughs> I would love to see Peter's face when he walked on water and then started to sink. <laughs> no, no, you're thinking of Paul. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. You guys are going to make me busy. I couldn't resist. <laughs> you're making me busy. Um, it is Peter. It Peter. It is Peter. Yes. Where, where was Mary? Peter, Paul, and Mary, right? Well, his, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> The fact is, is that uh, his face would have been probably, yay, Jesus, whoo, Jesus, look, I'm walking on water. Holy cow, did you see the size of that wave? <laughs> and then sink, you know? Yeah. So it's probably like a, a face of terror. That would be, that would be something. I guess it depends on when you caught it. If you catch it at the beginning, it's going to be a, a face of like, you know, love, then it's going to be a face of awe, and then it's going to be a face of, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, speaking of the, the terror in that situation, imagine if you were the Israelites crossing the Red Sea, and you look into the waves, you're walking across on dry land, and you look into the waves, and you see 12 to 20-foot alligators swimming like, within <laughs> arm's range, reach of you. That would be a little terrifying. That would cool. be terrifying. Were there alligators there? I don't know. Is that? I'm that, assuming there's alligators Not in the sea. There? I don't know. Well, no, it's the Red Sea, so yeah. it's, it's a little different. But I Why, don't know. How's if, it different? Well, it's just... Well, there are such things as salt water. There are. Crocodiles, right? There certainly are. Yes, there is. Crocodiles, not alligators. Not alligators, but yeah. Uh, we, we sort of use those terms. <laughs> no, they're very different. We, we use, yeah, but we do use them, you know, sort of, uh, you know, now my brain just shut down. Um, yeah, synonymously. Thank you. Uh, just like we do, you know, give me a Kleenex. Well, or a tissue. They're, yeah. they're facial tissues. We That's a brand. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. I heard that today. Hand what? me a Kleenex. Yeah. They say Kleenex because Kleenex is like the first tissue. It's like the king of tissues. There's is actually it? I don't know. brands do not want you to do that because if your brand becomes so synonymous with a product, you can actually lose your brand. That actually happened with Post-it Notes. Is that right? They lost mm -hmm. their brand? Mm-hmm. Became so synonymous, you could call anything a post-it note. Hmm. Right. You're right. Well, that's interesting. I don't know what this has to do with. Uh, I don't either. Who would ra would you nothing. rather? But <laughs> squirrel. It's Look, true. it's a squirrel. All right, next one. We got time for one more. Okay. Uh, would you rather be cooped up on the ark for 377 days, taking care of animals every day? Oh. Or. Lay on your side for 390 days. What's the reference there? Ezekiel. Lay, lay on your side for 390 days? Ezekiel had to lay on his side for 390 days to 
pay for the sins of Jerusalem, I think. I will have to re reread that story. That that one's not coming to mind. And then uh God told him that he had to use human extremities, uh extremities, feces to cook with for his fuel. And Ezekiel said, Lord, I've never I've never eaten unclean meat and I've never you know, and the Lord said, "Okay, you can use animal animal dung to cook your food with as your fu- fuel." There are actually still places in the world where they do use. I'm animal sure fuel, there is animal feces as fuel. And then after the 390 days, he had to lay on his left side for 40 days and face another territory. I forget what the territory was. Judah. Judah. That's it. Yeah. And the first one I was right. Jerusalem, correct? Israel. It, Oh, is it Israel? Oh, I haven't re- finished reading it. I'm kind of pulling it up as I go. Yeah, just put it in front of you and draw the city of Jerusalem on it. Then oh. lay siege to it. Erect siege works against it. Blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm not reading it all the way yet. So I don't even have to think anymore about this. I'm definitely uh, not going to lay on my side. Uh, correct. That just is not going to happen. I mean, it's hard enough for me to lay on my side for more than like an hour at night and my arms start going numb and I got to flip over. I mean, right. I, I like recently I've been flipping like every hour or so. Yeah. And so that's just isn't going to work for me. It's not happening. So yeah. Bring on the animals. Bring. I mean, yeah, a little odor, a little cleanup, a little feeding. That's all right. Dude, farmers do it every day of their lives for many, many years. I think we can handle 377 days of it. Well, not to, ma- not to uh, take out or take away from the fact that you are now, Doing a very important mission. You're not. You don't just have a zoo where people get to go look at animals. Right. You're literally ensuring that animals exist for the next, you know, many generations. Exactly. So, you are yeah, that's a big job. Keeper. That big would kind of be a fun job to have that kind of relationship with the animals, even if it's just for a year. I mean, you'd be almost like Tarzan by the time it's over. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. And I'm assuming that God probably kept those animals fairly tame. I doubt there was any wild animal fights right. on board, I'm guessing. The likelihood is most of the animals were probably young. Probably probably young. Why would you take a full-size elephant when you can take one, you know, a third of the size? Of course you would. Oh, yeah. They, makes I, sense. I believe they all were young. Yeah. And it also makes sense why there's no more dinosaurs because they couldn't fit them on the ark. So they went down with the flood, which is why they're buried under the earth and they're digging them up now. I don't know. Baby dinosaurs. I mean, they, I don't know. I well, don't know they took the alligators and they're kind of a dinosaur. Kind yeah. of. Yeah, that's true. And lizards. They're like, they're small enough. They're cool. And I don't think God wanted big dinosaurs roaming the earth anymore when the next human population came because he saw how much trouble they brought. Makes sense. So I'll give you a different, uh, a different possible interpretation. Okay. Think of just how full of hubris we are today and imagine man living in a world with dinosaurs and just how much fun they would have hunting them imagine the the prestige that would come it would be pretty awesome and i could just see man forming hunting parties and going after the behemoths just as a way of saying, I conquered this. I mean, think of your hunters today that go after big game. Now mm-hmm. that is a movie as well as a video game. And 
it, just it, just to go on the record. It'd be easy to see him. <laughs> it's way over there. Um, okay, who who is the who is the gentleman in the Bible that referenced the Baronosaurus type dinosaur? He had a tail like an oak. I think it's in Proverbs, isn't it? I think so. Didn't that story take place after the flood? It had to have, right? Yeah. Okay, so now I'm confused. If the dinosaurs well, died are, in the flood, then... Well, there are very, very big animals, like, uh, you know, in the ocean. I mean, right, but not he, all... He was on large, land. It was on land. Yeah, I mean, It was like a Baronosaurus. Long so it neck, was mentioned in... Huge, uh, it's huge actually tail. in the book of Job, which, oddly enough, is considered uh, yes. to be the oldest book in the Bible. So it's pre-flood, then. Yes. Well, maybe. I don't know. It has to be. Um, yeah, Behemoth is mentioned in a speech from the mouth of God in chapter 40 of the book of Job, uh, which is a pr primeval creature created by God and so powerful that only God can overcome him. Well, based on that alone, I think that there would be men out there, but like, yeah, let me show you <laughs> who would love to hunt those kind of creatures. Well, you know, you give, you give man, you know, an idea and he tries to take it to the nth degree because of his pride. Yeah. Tower and of Babel, right? That's very true. And there's also the Leviathan mentioned in, right. in Psalms. That's actually what I was thinking of, Leviathan. Yeah. And that's the wild or the water creature. Right. See, I couldn't hunt animals. I can't hunt animals. Do you hunt? Well, I, I have never hunted before. I've wanted to. I've just not found the opportunity to do so yet. Mm. It takes time um, and a lot of patience. Um, but yeah. I would also be one of these that would have to use everything as a, as a conservationist. I would oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I only did hunting when I, was a, a, when I was a child. My dad was an avid hunter, so he had me out hunting when I was literally like four or five years old. Mm. Uh, squirrels and rabbits, but we ate every one of them. I would never shoot anything and not eat it. Yeah. Looking historically, it's, it's not uh, looking at the stories of when they used to cross the country on trains and, and shoot the buffalo from that. Yeah, that's not my game. Well, it looks like our guest has joined us. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest has arrived. Please welcome Dorothy O'Dell, international <laughs> best-selling author of The Overcomer, Facing Challenges with Faith and Courage. Thank you for joining us, Dorothy. Well, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Came all the way from Canada. <laughs> Canada. How's, how's the weather up there anyway? Well, it was 16 degrees today which in Fahrenheit, I think, is around 70-ish. Okay. So That's same. Pretty She's good. actually not very far in, okay, so just, just outside of just Michigan. Just over the border? Or, yeah. Is that what I'm... Right. I am right at the Detroit border. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So, so you're barely Canadian. <laughs> barely. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, like, I can walk to the border if I really wanted to. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, you get you, you can. That's cool. You can. Of course, can you can you cross easily anymore? Right now, I can't all? cross at all. I can't cross at all. It's been closed for over a year. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it used to be really easy. You could just cross, you know, kind of at will. Then it was yeah. more okay. We want to see some documentation and then it was like well we kind of like you to have a passport even if it's you know outdated and you know and it kept getting worse and now i guess covid has taken it the rest of the way for sure it has i mean i i feel so bad because i know a bunch of people here that have family in in the states in michigan and can't go see them um 
you know, and it, it's heartbreaking because the one just had uh, her daughter just had a baby and it was just like, oh, you know, and the baby's so cute. and You want to just hold it. And then I have a, a cousin that is I'm pretty sure they're engaged um, and her fiance and stepson are in Michigan and she hasn't been able to see them in a year. So oh, it's just like so sad. Unbelievable. Lots of stories out there like that. Yeah. Lots of yeah. Them. Yeah. yeah. Heartbreaking, but yeah. Hopefully, this will end soon. Don't come. I've been praying. <laughs> well, you know, um, the the company I work for during the day when I'm not pastoring, the the owner, her son, works in D.C. And he actually gave us this whole insight of what was going to happen before it happened. Uh, you know, they had he had the inside scoop and was kind of feeding her information. Hey, look for this to happen. Things are going to shut down. And we're like, no, certainly not. And now he's telling us that the military has like a multi-year plan for this. Um, the government doesn't plan on getting back to work for another couple of years. Uh, not the government, but this yeah. the branch that he's working in, whatever it is. I don't know exactly. Um, right. I believe it's I think it's a secret kind of thing, so I don't think he can even talk about it. But yeah, right. so it's certainly not looking like there's any end in sight. Oh boy. But who knows? Well, looking at the condition of man, once man has grasp on power, he does not like to relinquish it. So this is true. Sometimes you'll have to act as if it's all better, and the government will be like, yeah, it's better. We're giving you permission for it to be better now that you're acting without our permission. Wow. So did we bring did we bring Dorothy on because she's Canadian? Is that what we're gonna really focus on? I mean I like I, I like other countries. I like Canada. I've been there several times. I like Rice Lake and I like fishing. Oh well, Do you know you where Rice, Rice Lake, Lake is? Rice Lake is a place I've heard of it. Just I've north, never been. Just northeast of Toronto. Yep. And yeah, I've been up there a few times. Just uh, absolutely the best fishing in the world. Nothing in the United States compares as far as I know. Now, I haven't been out west, so I guess there's probably some good stuff there. But it's amazing. You just go up a couple of hours, and all of a sudden, there are actual fish. There you go. In Columbus. Uh, is, I, that, is that close to Guinea-Nakwe? I, I don't have to look. I don't know. I'm, um. I'm not. I am fairly geographically illiterate. <laughs> I was kind of wooing you with my knowledge of Rice Lake and Toronto. You know, that's that's really as as far as I go. That's as cutting edge as I get. I was impressed. I was impressed, but I will have to look at that later. Well, that's better than me because I'm making I'd be making quotes to ice road truckers and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so how long has your how long has your book been out? Uh, it was uh, republished January 31st of this year. Okay, republished. So it was published and then republished. It was republished. It was published last November, um, but then I went with a um, an actual publisher that had helped me try to get the name out of there okay. quicker because since this is all new to me, <laughs> I was struggling to like, how do I get myself out there? Like, because no one knows who Dorothy Grimodell is. They're starting to know. But um, so, so with his, yes, yes, wow, I had self-published and then I, I bit the bullet and went the other way. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so yeah. the book's out there, it's on Amazon and uh, it's for the world to see. <laughs> <laughs> so what led you to write this book? Well, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, 
just to give you a little bit about my background, uh, I grew up and I was bullied all through school, uh, basically for my weight, which led to low self-esteem, which led to uh, abusive relationships, both professionally and personally, um, verbally and mentally, not physically. Um, and then all growing up, my parents have been chronically ill from uh, heart and stroke to diabetes to um, kidney failure. And I pray as of today, two-time cancer survivor for my father. Today should be his last chemo treatment. Um, Praise, God. Praise God for that. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So let's just pray that in May when he goes for his uh, scan, that it will be cancer-free because the tumor has shrunk considerably. Um, but I'm just saying he's cancer-free. Um, and then my uncle took his life Christmas Day 23 years ago. So my life has been uh, a roller coaster right from as far back as I can remember. And I had said to my friend, just jokingly, I'm like, you know, I should write a book about my life because it's just so chaotic and, you know, there's lots to learn here. And I love to help people. And the biggest thing is when you're going through those trials and tribulations, you feel so alone. And I never wanted somebody to feel that alone. Um, you know, and in, in, in times when I was going through the personal relationship, I was thinking, if this is all there is to life, then I don't want to live it. You know, it, it, there were some pretty dark times, but I also got myself out of that knowing that I would never do that to my nephews because I know what it felt like when my uncle did it to us. So I just knew and I actually had a picture taken of the boys when they were really young and I actually still have it. And when I was really thinking of giving up, I would take that picture out or I would visualize it and right away I would get out of that funk that I was in. So, um, you know, after 10 years of healing through that relationship, because I, I, I wanted to find myself because I was so used to doing what everybody wanted me, what everybody expected me. I was the oldest granddaughter, the oldest child, and, you know, helping my parents out when they were when they were ill. It was like, that's what I was constantly doing, and I was doing for everybody. Um, and I didn't even know who I was or what I even liked because I was, whatever they liked is what we did or things like that. So... I had, when my friend said, yeah, you should write the book. And I said, well, who, who would read it? And she goes, well, I would. And actually she's the second person that bought the book. So that's awesome. Um, so I, during the, I, I, God kept prompting me to write it. And I thought, I don't have time. You know, I um, actually ended up meeting the love of my life. And so I, we got engaged November of 2018. My dad had his first cancer diagnosis in April of 2019. I was planning a wedding, working full time, you know, living for my for my fiance and his son. And I just didn't have the time. So the pandemic hit and God's like, now's your time, girl. And I'm like, Ugh. I don't even know how to write a book. I've never wrote anything before in my life. I've journaled and stuff like that. But I thought, well, you know, I, had, I took people's advice and I just started writing and then the overcomer was born. <laughs> That's awesome. I was just hearing a song in my head, put one word be in front of another, or, you know, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I was trying to formulate this song, just didn't work out. So, so what is the core, what is the, I mean, what is the book really about? Is it like the, is it a story of comfort of your history or is it like a therapy kind of book or? It is my, my life story. I basically wrapped all of that up in 24, 24, um, chapters 
here it is black and white or colored and um <laughs> and it just basically i share my story and then i i give um you know little bits of tips along the way on how i got over those those challenging times and um right from like the beginning and right through the challenges of you know we got married then the covid covid hit and bought it, buying a house right at the be beginning of a pandemic that in itself is a chapter <laughs> because i mean nothing was open this house needed tons of paint needed everything and um but we got through it you know and thank god for thank god for my brother and his crew um I was actually called the police station. I'm like, am I going to get in trouble if I have more than five people on my property? Like, I'm just moving in. Well, I don't know. It depends on if your neighbors say anything. And I'm like, oh, come on, get real. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm like, I'm taking, my brother said, forget it. We'll be there. And he brought a crew. And thank God, because it was just, it was a nightmare trying to pack everything we had in that apartment into this house. <laughs> so you are Mrs. Dorothy now, right? I am Mrs. Dorothy. All right. So uh, so it worked out. So good it came from, uh, yeah. Did you yeah. get married during the pandemic? No, thank God we got married October before it hit. Oh, there. Oh, yeah. You well, just made it under the wire. That's the test. You know, brand new newlyweds going into a pandemic. I mean, that's a that's a test on a relationship right there. I don't know. Newlyweds being able to stay home a lot together. I don't know. Okay, that sounds a, pretty much like bliss to me. <laughs> Now, <laughs> we've actually both been working right through the pandemic. I'm in a, I work for an essential company and he is works for a mold mold company. So they've been going. He's only been laid off like uh, a week and a half the entire the entire pandemic. And I haven't lost a day. Um, so it's just been go, 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 go. Very so, blessed. Yeah. So we're blessed for that. Yes, we're, we're blessed to, you know, have that income uh, to provide since we just bought the house. So, uh, you know, God saw us through that. Thank God. And, um, you know, I, I, I have to say, though, through the pandemic and yes, being newly married, um, it brought us closer together in a lot of different ways. Um, and then when I, I remember we're both hot headed. <laughs> we're both Irish, so you know the fighting Irish. Oh no! Um, and I thought yeah. you were Canadian. I'm, I'm totally confused now. I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna step back for a moment. Well, my back, my heritage is Scottish, Irish, and German, and his is Irish and Welsh. So it's a great combination. You know, there's fireworks, and then you know, I've learned I've learned to curb that. I've learned over the years to you know act instead of react so thank god for that uh but you know i've also learned a lot in the way and thinking you know you don't always have to be right just listen to what each other has to say and be open about it um and keep that communication open i mean that for me is what i've learned the most part so with that i mean i'm sure it could have got a lot worse if we had let it but we didn't you know nip it right in the bud instead of letting it fester but yeah, Very it has taken its toll a, a year's worth of marriage in, in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have to I have to applaud you for for being creative during this downtime, because I know that there's not a lot of people that took advantage of it in, in, in a way that that is as creative as what you've done. So true. But I, I also want to ask you, you've made reference a couple times to uh, thank God, you know, God got me through this. So my first question to you would be, well, how did you come to meet God? Tell, tell me your uh, 
great question. I actually met uh, God in just at the end of my that uh, relationship that I was talking about. Um, we had been living together for four years, and then I had gotten in touch with a financial services company, and I met this woman, Karen, and Karen uh, is vet is Pentecostal and went to this church that my mom's friend had gone to. So she says, you know, why don't you uh, come out to the church with me? And I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? Cause life wasn't so great at the time. So she brought me to the church. She gave me my first Bible actually. And uh, I come home and I was reading it. And the guy that I was with said, what is going on? He says, you know, I don't understand why you're changing so much. I said, what's the big deal? Your dad is in the Catholic church. You know, he's an usher for the Catholic church. He's very uh, prominent in the community. What's the big deal? So, and we had been arguing a lot and he just, to the well, nothing I did was good enough. Let's just put it that way. And with the mentally and verbal abuse, there were like, we went through almost a whole month of not even talking. We were in the same house and not even talking to each other. And um, he had been laid off for the second time. And we went shopping with his friends and he was a really big gamer. I'd be at work working two jobs. He'd be at home gaming. So, uh, which didn't sit well with me at all. Uh, and I was on top of, you know, being mistreated and everything like that. I was just at the end of my rope anyways. I was trying to find a way out, but that was November and he had a son and I thought, I'll wait till after Christmas and then I'm out of here. I have to find a way out of here because I would have cluster migraines, um, that would last for months. And my blood pressure was at one time, 170 over 156. So I was like a ticking time bomb anyways. Um, so we were shopping and he had asked for this guitar hero. And I said, absolutely not. I said, quit asking, you know, you, you haven't been working. We don't have the extra money. And it was like, there was this veil in front of me and it split from the right to the left all the way down. And I knew that was it. I knew that I was done. I just was, it was just a matter of time. I wasn't sure how I was going to get out because all the utilities and that were in my name, but it wasn't, it was his parents' rental home. So I thought, how am I going to get myself out of this? So, um, turns out I didn't have to worry about it because I came home November 3rd and I had had enough of the silent treatment. And I said, what is your problem? Like, I'm tired of this either. Let's find a solution or like, what is it? He goes, I'm not happy. I want you out. And I'm like, at first it was like hysterics. And then it was just like, then it was a relief. <laughs> so make a long story short, I, I uh, that's when I got out of that relationship. And I just knew like the pastors of the church, I kept saying, well, do you have any plans on marrying him? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Well, why are you still with him? I'm like, good question. You know, uh, just trying to find my way out. And so that's when I met God. And since then, uh, he has got me through a, a lot of dark times. Um, since then but that is when i found him okay awesome it's interesting how it, it, there's really a lot of a, a lot of uh, that there's something there that we can all take away because sometimes the things in the world just maybe it's a person maybe it's an event maybe it's a job something is distracting you from what god has for you that best he has for you mm-hmm. and uh i'm glad you were able to, to find your way to him through this yeah, thank you yeah me too <laughs> That's, that's the devil's doing. There's so many distractions out there for that purpose. So you can't find God. And, that's right. Yeah. And he comes in knocking. <laughs> Hopefully you hear it. 
So I haven't had an opportunity to read this book yet, but uh, I was understanding that uh, there was a little, uh, there was some references to uh, theophostic counseling, uh, prayer. Yeah, theophostic prayer ministry. With, yeah. uh, Ed Smith is a facilitator, original facilitator of that. Uh, yes, I had taken um, that course back in the church that I was going to back in uh, Chatham, Ontario. And uh, that was part of the healing process. I had, um, when I met my friend Karen, she was also friends with this woman, Liz, who used to facilitate those courses. And so for years, I was just um, partnering with that and just getting the healing. So are you familiar with it? Vaguely, vaguely. I have a counseling background as well as a pastor background. So I, 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 you know, I, I understand it, but I don't have a ton of knowledge on it. Okay. So for those of you, yeah, for those of you that don't know what it is, in a nutshell, basically what it is, is getting to, um, we all have triggers. So, and the triggers generally are associated to something that happened to you back in your childhood. So when you have that trigger or when you feel anxious or upset or something like that, the foster prayer ministry, the first thing it identifies is your emotions. So you are supposed to feel those emotions instead of suppressing them. Ask, you know, ask yourself, when was the first time you felt that or were aware of that trigger coming up? And then everything's, those triggers are lie-based. So then you bring God or Jesus into the situation and you ask him about that situation. He reveals the truth and basically that's you know and then you just close it in prayers basically how they did it um i've heard that since i've taken that course that they have changed it and it's like a lot easier um but not only did i i do the theophostic prayer ministry for my own healing i took it so that i could help others uh because it, it is a powerful tool and since i've taken it like several different um coaches and that that i've met outside of uh, the christian community call it um it's, it's something similar but it's it's still you're it's getting back to the lie and the root of the problem and then you know finding what the the truth is and bringing bringing that truth about and all about feelings and feeling your emotions instead of suppressing it sure there are a lot of a lot of wisdom in that in a lot of times we try to suppress feelings but you know god gave us emotions as a gift Think mm-hmm. how think how boring life would be, how empty, how bland it would be if we didn't have emotions. And so, you know, they are a gift. Now we can take, you know, we can run with them. Emotions can certainly lie to us. Um, we can be confused. We can take it to extreme. But, you know, uh, we're, you know, if someone passes away, obviously we should be sad. We should, you know, mourn. We should weep. Uh, when things go well, we should be happy. But um, I guess I'm, I'm curious. Um, you mentioned... That um, you, you know, you take these mistru- these lies, basically, mm-hmm. uh, that are the triggers for these. Uh, I'm assuming negative emotions, and then you're right. looking to God for for wisdom on that. Now, is it totally right. done through prayer, or do you go to Scripture as well, or or is it one or the other, or both? We, when I was doing it, we used circular prayer, okay. um, but the ladies that were doing it, I mean, they know the Bible inside out, forward and backward, so they would quote Scripture to to, um, you know, dissociate that if you, if they felt that it was needed at that time, for sure. 
Yeah. Certainly. I mean, when the, and those two sure, certainly should work together. Uh, the reason I was asking is because, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of counseling, Christian counseling methods tend to focus just on the truths of the Bible versus, you know, really an active dialogue with, uh, with God through the Holy Spirit. And obviously marrying those two together would be ideal, I would think. So I was just kind of interest, interested in that approach. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely know when I was doing it that definitely the scriptures were there. Um, I basically take the philosophy and go through that. I mean, if a scripture comes to mind when I'm doing that, then I'll definitely look it up. I, mostly right now, I just do it on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, walk myself through it, but that's that will be part of my coaching program when I uh, when that fully comes to head. Right. Okay. Well, it makes sense. The Holy Spirit is our counselor, right? He is the counselor, certainly and is. he know he's you know he's there to remind us of Scripture, which is exactly what you just said, and to yeah. teach us all truth. So you know, why wouldn't we go to the Holy Spirit and you know and get insight into our lives? It just makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing a lot of speaking tours. Uh, or most of local? my tours is is um, on podcasts and different radio shows, and I've been pretty much from the UK to Spain to uh, where was she? Oh no, she was in Spain. Oga, she was in Spain when we were doing the uh, podcast. To so basically all across the United States. Um, and I will be start. I'll be starting my own live show here very soon too myself. So oh, good. Maybe I'll have you guys on my show. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if only yeah. Zoom had air miles, that would be very interesting. Right. I know, right? Yeah. But you know, with this pandemic and having the Zoom, I've met more amazing people ever than than I have in the last like 10, 15 years. And I used I used to do a lot of. Uh, have you ever heard of Danny Johnson before? She's no. a, a Christian coach. I as didn't well. expect that she to come out of that. <laughs> <laughs> she oh she's she actually just retired the last weekend after thirty years of coaching and being on stage. And I used to follow her, and I would travel all across the United States following her. And Texas was absolutely amazing. So I went to Texas a couple times. It's funny because. You know, she actually took some of that theophostic prayer ministry into her counseling. And um, but she didn't call it theophostic prayer ministry. She just like, what are the triggers, you know, identify the triggers, find the lie, put the truth to it. So, yeah, pretty cool. Oh, traveling. Yes. Air miles. Air miles. Air mi- there you go. <laughs> there you go. Now, didn't like uh, Texas, didn't that really burn you being like, you know, from Canada going all the way down to Texas? That That's like, that's a really hot place. Well, her, their weather is like our weather where she's at. Yeah. But yeah. she's in Quebec. Right, they're cold. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Canada. I don't. Know. Well, trust me, I've been to. It's Detroit. the white part on the map, the really white part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've been to Detroit, and it's I've actually, even colder there. Okay? I've actually been at the border of Canada. We went fishing in Lake Erie, oh, and uh, I needed a Canadian fishing license, so we crossed into Canada. 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 We cross in the. So we, I'm not familiar with that place. I mean, let me rephrase that. So we we crossed into Canada on the water and crept up to the bank, and I climbed off the boat and went into Canada. 
I apparently illegally, I guess. <laughs> it was kind of scary because I climbed the fence. <laughs> He's confessing this now on podcast that can be listened and, to by anyone. And then and I'm walking across this parking lot and it seemed very military like and um I started to get kind of nervous. And um and then I and I found this bar, which is where I was supposed to buy my ticket license. And so I went I went down to the bar and I gave them my ID and they gave me a ticket, a license. And um, I moseyed my way back over the fence and climbed back on the boat, and off we went. And so was this Jason BC or this, Jason this, AD? This is BC. Okay. I don't know. Well, if a Canadian Mountie shows up at your house tonight as a result of this podcast, we know nothing. We don't know you. Well, for the record, I am in Colorado, and. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me. Wait a minute. Did, you, did a pastor just lie? <laughs> He's, the He's the pastor. He's the pastor. <laughs> He's the pastor. No. So reeling all this back in, you know, it's interesting. Um, the whole this whole theophastic counseling thing, you know. Um, when when I was uh, getting my master's degree, I know they, you know, I, I never really put two and two together. But you know, we are changed by changing the way we think. That's what Romans tells us. You know, twelve one and two says we change by changing the way we think, and that's really what you're sharing. You know, what you're doing is teaching yourself to not, you know, give in to those lies either of the devil, of yourself, of the world, what you know, the, whatever it is, whatever the right. source is, and just. Uh, listening to truth and Jesus said the truth will set you free. Now I'm curious. Now you you mentioned that you're mostly using this for on yourself at the moment, but do you use this as part of your coaching or are you a counselor? Um so what, have, um, what I am doing is I'm a coach, mm-hmm. uh, a life coach with my life experiences. So, you know, if it's anything mental health wise to the point where it I've also done an assist program. So as assist program is to help, um, prevention, uh, suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. So I have that background too. Uh, so it's like, I've taken, it's funny how it all worked out because I would have never correlated all of this, me doing all of this to get me to now. So it's cause I did that like years ago. Um, so with, with the, uh, the coaching that I do do, it's basically, um, laying a foundation for mostly women. I mean, men out there struggle too, uh, but really setting yourself to overcoming obstacles, right? Um, because I am the overcomer, so I can, I've overcome everything that has been thrown at me. And just like everybody else, you know, a hundred percent of the time, what's ever thrown at you, you've overcome. Um, but we also get caught up in the lies either that you tell yourself or that somebody else tells you or the enemy is telling you. And I just want to give women tools on how they can, you know, get themselves out of that. So a lot of what I done too is setting up my morning routine. My morning routine is completely different than when it was 10, 15 years ago. You know, I, I, I set myself up in meditation my first 15 minutes. I go into five uh, gratitudes, 10 affirmations, and then I journal what God told me in my medica- in my meditation time. And then, of course, I, if I have time, I do 20, 30 minutes of some kind of exercise because uh, that gets your blood flowing and gets you moving and, you know, get gets everything going. And then, so, which I never did before. So that has definitely helped over the last uh, couple of years as well. And then, you know, 
I teach women, um, you know, what triggers are, how to identify them, um, you know, how, you know, taking themselves to the lie of that and going, taking them, I basically take them through the Theophostic prayer ministry steps, but if, if it comes out that it's Theophostic, that's fine. If it doesn't, then that's fine too. I mean, I really don't define it or name it. If they ask, then I will tell them. Um, and then of course, um, self-care because before my dad got cancer the first time, I never had a self-care program in place. And, you know, my grandmother always taught us, you know, you should always take care of your man. And I'm like, well, that's great, Grandma. But if I've got nothing inside of me left to give anybody else, then I can't help anybody. And there was lots of times that I was running on E and crashing and burning, but still kept going. And, and then I, I came to realize that that's not healthy. And that's not really what God wants us to do. God wants us to have a thriving life, you know, and yes, help others for sure. But you've got to help yourself. If you're not helping yourself, then... You know, you can't be good to anybody. And like I said, for years, I lived to be who everybody wanted me to be. And, you know, people just need to learn how to be authentically themselves and to just really um, some people just keep going and going and they don't even know what makes them happy. They don't take the time to stop. Think what makes me happy? You know, the, I, the first time I asked somebody to wrote, write 20 things down of what makes them happy, they could only get to three. I thought that was pretty sad you know uh so putting some kind of self-care program into place and and all of that that's basically the basis of my coaching um and then i <laughs> okay so i do have what's called the over academy overcomer academy in the back of my head which is started and every time i'm on a podcast i mention it and then it seems like it grows out of proportion so badly but i'm not sure how to put it together so basically I don't know about your community, but my community, um, the homelessness it has basically doubled since the since the pandemic. Um, you know, people have lost their businesses, they've lost their homes, and they're living in their cars at Walmart um, or in a trailer in Walmart because they just they've lost everything. And so, I want to put a program into place because God gave me this huge vision about 12 years ago of an abandoned school, and inside the school, each classroom had its own either coaching or some kind of helping program. So I really would like to help the homelessness with, you know, getting them shelter and food, number one, because that's the basic necessity right there. Number two, if they want a job, help them finding a job, getting the proper clothing they need. So having some kind of clothing drive or something in there, um, coaching for women that have been abused or men too, you know, men are abused as well. It's just not heard of a lot an entrepreneur course because no one has taught us that in school and I think that's very important you know for for some of us that don't want to necessarily work for somebody for all of our lives you know what are the tools out there to help those those individuals uh having a a debt uh freedom course um Danny Johnson was the one that taught me how to get out of debt and uh, using an accelerated method so there would be a course on that and of course, you know, the list goes on and on because, you know, everybody needs help in some area, a cooking class, something like that. So do I want it globally? Do I want it? I want it make, like across the world. Yes. So do I start off with in my hometown and then build it? I don't know. But I believe that each time I do a podcast or each time I, I share this story, there are people out there that are hearing this say, hey, I, that's a great idea. I would love to come alongside you. Mm -hmm. So right now. 
it's a dream, but it will be reality as soon as God wants it a reality. Well, I mean, so many homeless at one point, they weren't homeless or jobless and they have skill sets. And I think that some of them having some kind of involvement in this would Mm -hmm. be pretty amazing. You're giving them uh, an opportunity. Yeah. You're giving them a canvas to use their skills to help others and at the same time help themselves. Exactly. No, I like the idea and the focus on free enterprise and financial literacy and the direct impact in terms of meeting physical needs and also social and, and mental needs to find work, that kind of thing. That's a very Christian Christian ministry, and it's something that that any Christian could be be proud to be a part of. So, yeah, how, how, you mentioned that you're you're hoping to reach people who who might want to plug in and help you with this. So, how do they reach you? I am on Facebook at uh, Dorothy Graham O'Dell or on LinkedIn at Dorothy Ann Graham O'Dell. Um, definitely the best places to reach me or my G- Gmail is GrahamDorothy408 at gmail.com. Okay. So we can't just use Mrs. Dorothy? Because I think that, that's kind of how I know you know. That doesn't get me anywhere. You can call me Mrs. Dorothy. <laughs> Why, thank you. That's very nice. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> Dorothy, is there anything that you didn't talk about tonight that you need to get out? Basically, right now with the way the world is, um, there, there are a lot of people out there that feel alone. Like a lot. And even during this pandemic, and yes, I have an amazing husband, and yes, I have an amazing family, but sometimes life can get overwhelming and feel you can feel alone in a crowded room. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you can't talk to your spouse or your friends or whatever, feel free to reach out to me (laughs) because I, you know, I will do my best to, to get back to you as soon as I can. Um, however, I am putting up boundaries, so I'm not available 24 seven, like I would like to be. I also feel that there should be a community just of just people reaching out. And I do have a a special, um, what do you call that group on Facebook called the overcomer that is just for people that want, you know, that are like-minded and, you know, that are sick and tired of being sick and tired and want a community of women around them or men too, um, that they can feel free to just you know, open up, say what they want. So if they want to be part of that group, please just message me in Facebook and we'll add you. And um, I, I believe that that will probably grow as well. It's, it's just, you know, I'm one person and I still work a full-time job. So I still, I would love for, to just focus on this because it, helping people is my jam and, and, and what I love. And each time I do these podcasts, it's, it's like, I could be really tired and then get on here. And then I feel so empowered because it's, it's helping others. So, um, the passion project. Yeah. My passion project. Yeah. I like that. I like that. But then you crash right afterwards. Right. Cause see that happens to me every Sunday. I can come in to a Sunday morning, dead tired. All of a sudden I'm fired up. I'm on fire. I leave feeling like a million dollars and then I go home and and then I crash immediately. <laughs> yeah. So you you get any of that happened to you? Sometimes, sometimes, but sometimes I just feel energized and don't want to go to bed. And my husband's like, uh, usually wants to go to bed at eight thirty. <laughs> 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 like, okay, before I met him, I was a night owl, and then I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I'd go to the gym, and then I'd work two jobs. I had two part time jobs, uh, one at a daycare, one at a woman's shelter. 
And then when I got off work, you know, because it was just me, I didn't, and I lived by myself. I had my own apartment for the first time of my life, and it was amazing. Um, and so I go back to the gym again, and then work out some more, and then <laughs> come home and be up till ten watching a movie, a chick flick. <laughs> Since I met him, though, <laughs> it's like, oh, he makes me feel old. I'm in bed by eight thirty, nine o'clock. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna die down myself. <laughs> and uh you know, you mentioned how it was it was um crazy how things you've done many years ago you're you're using now in this new yeah. path. Right. It, it that's how he works. I mean he puts yeah. things in your life throughout your life that you don't know is gonna add up to be something that you're gonna use for his glory. Right. And uh it's happened to me. It's happened to just about everybody that's came to Christ and is using all the tools that you developed over the years to like this podcast. Yeah. I mean, before I was saved, I was, I dabbled in photography and, and production and art and all these things. And, and it was just side, side jobs, side hustles as they say. And, uh, and then I, I came to Christ and he said he wanted me to reach people. And so I just took all the tools that he gave me over the years and put them to use, you know? So see, that is a practical application of God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's what it is. He's the great orchestrator. He, he takes, the good things that you've done, even the bad things that's happened to you and puts it all together. And when you're ready to surrender to him, he uses it all for mm -hmm. his glory and for our good. It's awesome. Amen. I want to echo one of the points that she made here a few minutes ago. When you were given the opportunity to, to reach out, like what else do you want to say? You went back to something you actually started with, which was the aloneness all right, it was one of the first things you mentioned that I felt so alone. And then yeah. when you're in that moment, you're given the opportunity, get your message out. You go right to, I, I want others to understand that they are not alone. And I, I want to share with all the listeners that that feeling of getting you alone is one of the enemy's greatest tactics. Because mm -hmm. if he can get you alone and isolated, he can he can take those lies that he loves to whisper and try to present them as truth to you. So beware when you're alone. It's not always a good thing, and it's great for you to plug into your local church. Get that support, get that prayer, get that ministry that's going to help you be able to see the truth for what it is and not what the, the enemy would have you believe it to be. So true. That is true, because as soon as you're in that space, that's when your mind goes like 50 miles an hour. Right. Mm -hmm. So that is so true. That is so true. <laughs> So, since you don't want to do the Bible trivia, would you like to watch these guys go head to head? Oh, Lord. Oh, now this that is That would just... be awesome. Okay. You know, it's bad enough when we're by ourselves, and now you're going to bring on, an like... Audience. An Let's audience. Let's do this. This is... Wow. Okay. Bye, 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 bye. Trivia. Okay. It's Bible trivia, folks. All right. We're going to do a knock. We're going to do... Okay. Last week, you guys were 
knocking and answering at the same time. You were knocking at the same time and throwing out. Sometimes you would knock and he would answer. <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, I think first one that answers it. I don't need no stinking knock. And Dorothy, you have to keep track. Oh goodness! Okay. Because I couldn't keep track last time. I was too busy reading the answers and questions. I had okay. no idea who won until I edited, and it was a tie. Uh, and see, I'll make a list. See, now this is even okay. more pressure, so that means my brain will turn to mush. <laughs> I can come up with the ten plagues when I'm not under pressure. Pressure, now I don't... I, who's Jesus again? Now remember, these are I'm fairly easier questions. This is like last okay. time. You guys didn't... All right. You answered all ten of them. Well, this okay. is true. All so, right, let's do this. Okay. How bad can it be? Here exactly. We Here we go. Where was Jesus crucified? Golgotha. In what... In what... In which gospel did Jesus say, in quote, everything is possible for one who believes? Matthew? Matthew. Wrong. No. John. Mark. <laughs> which wood was used by the Noah to build the ark? Go, Go for, for it. For how many days and nights was Jesus fasted? Forty. Forty. Which is the first book of the New Testament? Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> Goodness. Who wrote the Acts of Apostles? Luke. What language was most of the New Testament originally originally Greek. Greek? How did Jesus reveal the one who would betray him? With a kiss. kiss. No. Oh, who did you say? Jesus well, or Judas? Said, did you How does Jesus reveal the one who would betray him? He talks him about it. Tells him about it at dinner. Oh yeah 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 yeah. It was the one who. The one who will kiss me, or who who will betray me? No, with a kiss. no. That's how Judas. That's re- right. Told the guards which one was Jesus. Okay. But they say, "Well, who oh, so will betray like the you?" Next person. And he said, "Whoever I give the bread, the bread to." Right. Uh, yes. Exactly. Right. Okay. Uh, so that was eight questions for the time ran out. Question nine: What is John the Baptist baptizer's father's name? Oh, 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 oh! It was Elizabeth and. Oh, goodness. Zachariah? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. And <laughs> good job. What, what was Jesus' first miracle? Turning water, water into wine. wine. Correct. The wedding at Cana. Who, Who? got the last one? Well, the nine and ten. No, those were. Well, it doesn't of... matter. You had five and he had three. Oh, there you go. Good job. His, his now, first the question major is, win. When first you, major when you win. were pointing, you pointed at me. Was I the one you were intending to point at? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't think it's backwards. I, I, I didn't <laughs> right. know. Congratulations. I'm sorry. It's Nathan, right? Yeah. That's right. Nathan, right. Okay. See, I am lousy at names, but I will remember your face till the day I die. <laughs> and I will remember Mrs. Deborah. I'm <laughs> Oh me, Dorothy. <laughs> that was a joke. That I'm, was a joke. Sound lousy at names. <laughs> I was quickly also. trying to come up with another D name for a lady and I was like almost come up with nothing there. I can only think of two. Well, at least she didn't go with Donna. Delilah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Delilah. Donna. Um, okay. So we do. Uh, do you listen to Christian music? Yes. I used, uh, have you heard of UCB Radio? Uh, no. UCB Canada? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So Google it. Okay. And then uh, get they're on Facebook as well. But it's UCB Canada. And it is a Christian radio station that is all across Canada. We are going to the States shortly, Um, but you can listen to it. it, You can listen to it online anywhere. I believe anywhere in the world. Hmm. Um, And I actually, UCB Windsor is in my backyard. Oh, nice. 
So what is the uh, tip? What is the genre? I mean, what is the, what, what type of music uh, of what flavor of Christian music? Uh, mostly the um, the new stuff. Like, I don't know. Like it has it has like uh, Mandiza. It has uh, okay, so Casting Crowns. Okay. Things it's like that. Okay. Oh, okay. So contemporary. Yeah. Contemporary. Yeah. I guess yeah. it was because there's right now there's like a trend where uh, you know instead of uh, your typical contemporary Christian music, they're playing. You know, there's worship stations now. So that's why I was curious. Um. That that's a big thing right now. They're going to you know complete worship stations and 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 in fact I'm noticing that uh, the contemporary or even you know the the various rock all you know all these artists that used to do um, just uh, you know what I called more general Christian music they're not doing so much right now. It's like worship is really taking a, a front row, front seat. Yeah, and it's getting well, it's better and better too. It is. It is, and that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. I remember when we uh, when I planted my very first church in 1995. It was still uh, a really heated debate, you know, whether we should be able to move out of hymns and you know do contemporary uh, type worship. And now it's kind of you know it's kind of uh, something most people take for granted. So I guess we've definitely moved yeah. forward. So the reason why he was asking you this is because we do a segment called Songs of the Week, where you get the opportunity to tell everybody, like, what is your song that you want them to listen to this week? So you get to pick one. Man, Jesus Overcomer. Oh, okay. Ah, perfect. All right, well, there you go. That's perfect. I, I cannot get through that YouTube video without crying my eyes out. Oh, wow. Because in it, it has uh, Robin off the Today Show, and now they just added Scott Hamilton, who are answer survivors so when i look at the video i of course see my dad so i instantly start bawling but to me it's the symbol of everything that you know we've gone through so mm. yeah well so i highly encourage people to listen to it definitely well will be checking it out have you ever heard it I have not heard the song, I don't think. I think okay. I have. Yeah, I want to check it out. I've heard of a lot of her stuff. Uh, I've even seen her live. Uh, I think she was with Toby Ooh. Mac. Oh. But, uh, yeah. That would have been a concert. Oh, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I've <laughs> seen Toby Mac a few times. So. Toby Mac, because I think that's what I'm going to go with, is one of his songs from back when he was with DC Talk. You know, he is kind of a kind of a uh, a DC Talk slash Toby Mac fan. So yes, I, I, I would am. expect this. So which we've gone what five episodes and I've not mentioned a Toby Mac song. So I will I will give myself credit on that one. Six. Six. Well okay. that's okay. I that's mean there point. there are worse uh, you know worse musicians to listen to. So yeah, not a bad thing. So my song this week is What Have We Become by DC Talk. It's off of the Jesus Freak album. Good so song. Check that oh one great out. album. Mm. Great album. Yeah, Why do you like it? What What is it that stands out to you? Um, it's very self-reflective, and it's very descriptive of the times. Uh, like, for instance, uh, oh, so here's the second chorus. Speak your mind, look out for yourself. The answer to it all is a life of wealth. Grab all you can because you just live once, and you've got the right to do whatever you want. Don't worry about others or where they came from. It ain't what you were. It's what you become. Hmm. Okay, so it's basically challenging a lot of the narratives of, of modern society. Very okay. nice. Very nice. You're up. 
I'm up. Well, you know, I was thinking about this a lot this week. You know, last last week it kind of just happened. Um, didn't really think it through. This week I, I thought I would really kind of dig a little bit because, you know, we've been kind of pushing, you know, contemporary Christian. We've had some worship on there, uh, even hit some rap hip-hop kind of stuff. And so, you know, for the rock and roll lovers out there, maybe even more the the uh, screamo rock and roll fans, you know, I, I, I picked a, a band, uh, a song called Fullness from a band called War of Ages. And they scream, they sing, they rock, they have <laughs> solos. And, you know, you say, oh, well, it's all about the glitz and glamour, right? No. Um, what I find is that a lot of times when bands go that route, the lyrics just, they just go to pot. And they don't really say anything that's uplifting. They, you know, they're not really glorifying God. But just a little, little clip from this song, Fullness. God, give me, str- give me the strength to carry through. We'll battle on, we'll battle on. Stand firm in the light of his son. We'll battle on, we'll battle on. It burns within us, holding all we know, let him heal you. Let him heal you. We hold, uh, So hold me in your arms and let me dwell within your favor. Lead me through the fullness of you. Never let go. Pretty awesome. And when you listen to this uh, music, uh, you know, just from my reading that, that uh, poetry, <laughs> you would not believe how this song rocks. So if you like rock and roll, if you like uh, heavier stuff, check it out. Pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, it is, it is a pretty great song. I was jamming to it. Um, my song, it's funny you got battle in your lyrics, because I do too. Mine is uh, The Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. Nice, nice pick. Um, and it, I, I like this song because of kind of what we're going through today, a battle. Um, it's definitely a battle of good and evil right now. And um, a little, a few lyrics... Um, is when I when all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When I when all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to f- to fear now, for I am safe with you. Um. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. So you know we we're surrounded by a lot of darkness, and and the devil is pushing he knows his end is near and he is fighting hard to get as many people on his side as he can for the battle literally Mm. and uh we cannot fear we need to lift our hands up to the lord because he has it under control and uh that's all we just need to remember that that god has this don't worry so amen Dorothy, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure having you. It's so nice to meet you and talk to you. It was so nice to meet you guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Maybe we'll zoom up to Canada next time. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> well, I'll, I will definitely have to have you guys on for sure. Well, for we sure. look forward to that. Yeah, Looking forward to that'd it. That'd be a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> well, enjoy the rest of your evening. Well, before we go, and, you know, we did do something different last time where what? we closed out in prayer. You want to... You want to ask Pastor Rick to do that, or, or oh, sure. Actually, what would our guests like to close us out in prayer? Tonight? Would you like to close us out in prayer? Oh my gosh! <laughs> no pressure. 
She got no way pressure. more than she bargained for with <laughs> this podcast. Oh my gosh. Just no, remember. There used to be a thing with this. My, my spiritual mom always, she's like, well, why don't you pray? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and now you're having me pray on a podcast. Oh my gosh. You can totally say no. I'll cut it out if you do. <laughs> 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 well, I could give it a try. Here it is in front of everybody in the world. Okay. Woo-hoo, oh my God. Heart palpitations. Okay, okay, Father, we just thank you for these three amazing guys here uh, on this and this amazing podcast for the love of God. We just thank you and declare that um, your time is coming and the enemy is being banished. We thank you that each and every time that. Um, that your word that your word comes true and that you are there for us all lord we just uh lift you up in victory and um we pray that your time comes soon in jesus name amen amen, amen. that was very nice amen. very nice well done so okay. you are all worried about that and that came out wonderful that's right. That just remember, yeah. just remember, this is not your mama's podcast. Okay, that's you're going to be challenged here for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep battling on. All right. Yes, for sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much. All right. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Thank you so much for joining us. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Spread the word. Please share. Like, subscribe, so you don't miss an episode. I would like to give a shout out to Tucker Dawson and his band United Servants, a local Christian rock band that just released their second album, Save Me From Myself, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and pretty much every other music streaming platform. You can support them by going to united-servants.com. And we will be playing their title track to the new album, Save Me From Myself, to close this episode. And with that, good night. Good night, Rick. Good night, Jason. Good night, Nathan. Good night, Jason. Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night, John Boy. Good night, everybody.
Mm-hmm. <laughs> 